Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. When I spit bars in a ring, I'm gonna go hard last and ten. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2 0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. It's Lampard. Comes out to Essien. Um, 
on my screen. All right, hello. Welcome to Chezzy Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. It feels like I've not been on Chezzy Hour for a little minute. I've been mad busy, but yeah, I'm back. But um, yeah, let's not say that it's a, I'm back because of the upturn of, of form. But yeah, anyway, that's what people tend to uh, accuse me of. But um, yeah, man. Anu, how you doing, bro? Oh, thank God, man. We thank God. Brilliant Anu. If you guys know, if you guys listen to the discords, if you guys are locked in and tuned in to the extra content we provide, you know that Anu is the villain. He's a villain of the piece against the Liverpool fans. So, yeah. Check out the Discord, man. We really enjoy it. was in trouble, man. That's not going to change. That's it. Babs, what are you saying, bro? Babs, I think Babs is... Babs on mute. Babs on mute or he's on feed. Babs ain't even there. I think Babs' internet connection. We'll get onto Babs a little bit later on. But, um, whoa, where is Babs? Yeah, I don't know. I think he might have crashed out. Welcome back, Babs. Your weapons? I don't know, mate. You went on mute and you crashed. Oh, my God. What Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, Babs, how you doing, man? Yeah, man, I can't complain, man. Good upturn of form, some good results. I'm happy. Okay, okay, okay. So it's, it seems like the dynamic duo of the Discord are here. So when it, when it, when it comes to, um, I guess, our upturning form, um, it all seemed a bit doom and gloom after the weekend result against Southampton. It felt like a missed opportunity. Um, and I guess we kind of need to cast our minds back to that game. Because I don't really think we've had a, a chance to really speak about it. Um, a lot happened, even though it was a 1-1 draw. Um, a lot happened in that game. Um, talk to me about your thoughts on the team, because I know a lot of people said, yeah, yeah, I'm quite happy with that, um, because it, it offered up a, a couple of bits of changes. Zoom got his opportunity at the back, in the middle of the back three. Um, you know, Tammy Abraham started, Timo Werner, Mount. Um, I think it was Kovacic and Kante in the midfield. So there was a lot of changes. Um, but how, how did you guys feel um, about seeing that team? I guess Anu. First and foremost, how did you feel when you saw the team? And how did you feel in terms of the, the first half? We, we went down to a Mina Mina goal early doors. Um, but how did you feel that you know the game went and how we responded to adversity in those games? Yeah, well, obviously the Southampton game was it was gonna be really tricky. And why I say that is because obviously they were coming off what a six, five to six game losing streak. So when you catch a team like that, when everyone's going to expect you to win as we were going into a good form, it could always be a banana pill. And it ended up being that, um, as we all know. Um, what I remember of the game, and the, let me start with the lineup. What I remember of the lineup, it just sums up um, Tukel, TT, however you want to say it. It just sums up how he's been. We can't predict any lineup for his first six days. We haven't been able to. So it brought up the changes that probably were deserved. I believe Zuma did deserve a start um, because he hadn't had one in the Prem, which I noted, which I um, made clear before. Kante's now coming back from his injury, probably deserved a start as well. And then we hadn't seen Reese James too much of right wing back. So I'm confident with these players. I wasn't worried about that, but obviously it's not the team that's been doing the jobs before. So listen, they came out there first half, and again, I just think it's been a story with Lampard and also with Tugel. We had just haven't been clinical in the final third. We dominated the whole first half as much as I remember. I don't even remember them having a chance until their goal and they ended up scoring um, because we did not take the chances that we had available to us. And I think that's just something I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later. I thought the goals for was Zuma. Whether we can argue that he hasn't been match sharp because he hasn't had games, you could argue that. Um, but I felt that Zuma could have prevented the goal. I felt like he was out of position. But like the gap between him and Aspilicueta was too big. So it's Aspilicueta having to cover around and it was a great finish. But Minamino sent both of them for a hot dog and it was a goal. Um, we got back into the game by a mount winning the pen and scoring the pen. Again, it's not great, is it? Do you know what I mean? We've drawn a game against Southampton and we've scored, we haven't scored an open play and we've only scored by a pen. 
um, and obviously the Cho saga, but I think that's been spoken about too much. So I actually don't really want to get too much into that. But I didn't think it was our best games. I thought it was our first probably... I mean, I think I think it's important to talk about that show situation. Okay. I, feel, I think I think it's um maybe maybe much has been made of it, and maybe I can I can understand why. And I think a lot a lot of time has passed since that moment, so I understand. But I feel we do need to we, we owe it to our listeners to to discuss it mm-hmm. um, to to a smaller degree. But Babs, um, I guess your your thoughts on that. I guess the first half. In fact, because it wasn't really much of a, a game, like we weren't really creating chances, carving them apart. Um, but how how did you feel when you saw the lineup, and how do you feel generally um, about our approach to the game? Because it, it did seem very much to kill, like you know. Mm. Well, for the lineup personally, I'm looking at it now, and it's a lot of a lot of the partnerships there are just partnerships that I'm not really a big fan of. You know, the front three. I didn't really put on much creation there between Mount Timo and Tammy, so I, I feel like that that was always a a recipe for disaster. Um, the midfield too, Kovacic and Kanze, they're both two quality players, but in my opinion, I just don't think they make a good pairing. Mm-hmm. But like, we have two players that want to be ball carriers and I just don't think you can have that without the actual like, holding them player. And I feel like it was quite a risky game to to like test the hold and trying them two together because we had something that was tried and tested and we know that Southampton and Martino like to press, they like to really get into it. So I feel like having um, a 10% in Jorginho would have been nice. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I feel like that was a big loss. Yeah. The fullback situation is a bit worrying for me still because I've never been a big fan of Marcus Alonso and Digipeno. Like he was running and ragged, man. Like you could really, really tell that the pace that he that he had to offer on that on that wide hand side it was going to cause us issues. Reese, I love him as a player, but I've just I've never been the biggest fan behind of his as a fullback. You know, I don't think he really offers width well naturally. I feel like he can do it, but I just don't feel like that's his game. I feel like his game is where he's able to like invert a bit more in, come a bit more to midfield sometimes. You know, so I just didn't really feel that was ever going to work. And with Zuma, last but not least, like, although I did feel like he did deserve his chance, I just don't think he's a good central centre-back in that back three. Like, that mm-hmm. centre guy, that like, he has to be, like, your deep-lying player. Like, he, he, that guy there which was basically supposed to be the, the replacement for Jorginho. And as I said, I'm not the biggest fan, but I feel like having him there, like, having a Christensen there to, like, help with the pass would have helped a lot because there were times where we were trying to make play happen from Zuma and it, was just, it just felt awkward. Like, I feel like he's a, he's a quality... It is interesting the, the fact that he opted to, to go with Zuma in the middle of a back three, um, mm. particularly when Chris Jensen um, has shown decent form um, since mm. replacing Thiago Silva. So I did, I did feel like that sub was a, well, not that sub, that, that change was a, a relatively needless change. But then again, you might argue that he had thoughts upon, upon um, you know, Atletico. And I know mm. Chris Jensen did have a little bit of a knock, so you don't really want to, I guess, risk it. Um, but I agree when it comes to like the centre back pairing uh, or the centre back um, structure, Zuma being the middle of the back three, uh, I just don't feel comfortable. Yeah, because he's, he he just doesn't he isn't really good on the ball or comfortable to step out with the ball um, unless he's at an angle. Mm. Uh, like, we've seen it already, man. Like he's played he played in the FA Cup final. He didn't look comfortable there. He wasn't really able to help with the play. You know, he got caught out a couple of times. I just don't feel like that central centre-back role suits him. And even, even going on for the rest of the game, like, I feel like the substitutions were, were good in the fact that he made him early, well, relatively early at least anyway with Cho. I feel yeah. like it was harsh to sub him off, but, you know, we're going to get to that a bit more. Um, Jorginho, I feel like you should have brought Jorginho on straight away, just straight away coming into the second half. Yeah. DH, like, man, I've said it before, like, I, I, I was a fan of this because I wanted him to, like, offer that... Um, that different angle on the right hand side and as as a as an attacking option because we have Reese going outside and we have him coming inside. But mm. I just feel like I've just been left disappointed. Like uh he, he's he's very, very one-dimensional. He hasn't really been up to the speed of the Prem and he looks very, very just like laid back. He's like he doesn't really care. You know, I, I hate using terms like that because it sounds very uh, dark, but I just don't <laughs> think his heart's in it. You know <laughs> like he's coming on, you know, he's strolling about, he's shrugging, he's shrugging his shoulders. Man, man don't really care, you know, he's just here to, here for the shisha. Here for the vibes, you know. <laughs> I don't but know. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I feel like probably we'll, we'll touch on it um, during the, the athletical section, but mm, I do feel like it's very difficult to come into a high intensity game like he he, he was asked to, and even even with Hudson Odoi, um, I do, I don't think the substitutions that Tuchel made were actually particularly good. Um, so not only did I didn't I didn't like his starting lineup, mm. but 
Yeah, the substitutions were a bit fishy. Um, but what I will say is, I, the one the one that I did agree with was the Tammy one because oh yeah, yeah like, although Tammy wasn't in, involved in the game, and I said that in Discord, but what I, what I recognized when I watched the game back was Tammy didn't make himself involved in the game either. He didn't drop in to help him connect play. He didn't really offer that link with the two um tens in behind him, and I feel like it's starting to get worrying for Tammy man because like the contract still hasn't been signed. You know, the rumors are starting to they hit the streets. It's, it's looking scary, man, for a man. I mean, I mean, I mean, with with that, yeah. Um, I, I agree. The Tammy sub, I agreed with, but I don't. Okay, the decision to bring off Tammy, I agreed with, but who he replaced him with, I didn't agree with. Um, I understand the logic because obviously you feel that team of Werner is going to have space in behind, but looking at the way Southampton were playing and their setup, they were very, very deep, so there was minimal space um, for Timo to really operate in. Um, rarely got in behind um, so I just never really felt that um, in fact that's a lie we got in behind often but the passes were never coming so Reese James had ample opportunity to, to thread in Timo Werner Mason Mount again had ample opportunity to thread in Timo Werner but those, those situations we it seems like Tuchel keeps alluding to it where the final pass, the final decision, decision is never being made. It's never, like, it's never quite there, and um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It must be frustrating for Timo, but Timo works tirelessly. I just, my biggest issue is that there's a, I think there's a, just in the final third, there's a, a quality issue, um, and yeah. we, we need the shooters, man. We need the shooters. Yeah, and just generally, just, I feel like it's not even just shooters. I feel like we need creation, and I, I feel like ZH can provide that. It's just that will he will he bring the intensity that the others bring? Um, so that it, there's a lot of tinkering around that I think that um, Tuchel needs to really think about. Um, but yeah, the substitution. So obviously, he brings on Hudson at half time. Um, Hudson comes and gets involved. So already um, he creates the opportunity for the penalty. He, um, you know, shows a little bit of class and composure, which we were lacking all first half. Picks out Mason Mount, Mason Mount gets fouled by a crazy challenge by Danny Ings. And it's a penalty. Mason Mount steps up, takes it. Um, yeah, it's 1-1. And then from then on, we, we never really kicked on. It, 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 it never felt like we kicked on. It just felt like we were just, just going through the motions, really. It, just, it, weren't, it weren't good. It weren't good for me. It weren't good to watch at all. And I just... I. With the with the Hudson Odoi getting come, I think he came off after thirty minutes. Um, I I don't think he particularly. I think that was wrong. I think it was the wrong decision because of all players that you you, you look to, um, Hudson generally is the one that will open up a game. He's generally the one that will create a chance, an opportunity. Um, so I, I I didn't really agree with the sub. Um, I, in fact, him him taking him off Hudson, him taking off Hudson, that's his own prerogative. Him making that decision is his own prerogative. But his reasonings didn't really make any sense because Hudson was pressing high. Hudson was doing his work, doing his what he normally does. That he looked relatively energetic as well. But you compare it to the other players as well. Like relatively, he, he didn't look really out of sorts. But then. Yeah, I, I I just personally think that he got that sub wrong. I would have brought on Giroud for, for Tammy, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, because, yeah, T Tammy wasn't giving us the presence at all, wasn't giving us a focal point at all. Everything was bouncing off him. And um, like you said, Babs, it, it is looking quite worrying for Tammy. And I guess we can discuss that later on as to what, what we think we should do with the Tammy situation or what, what do you think he should do. But um, it's just a bit... It was a bit of a, a, poor, a poor bit of... Something you don't really associate with too cool, but tactical decision making or in game decision making was quite poor. Um, Anu, what did you think of his? I guess the, the adjustments that he made in in the game. Like, I, I, because I, I couldn't help but feel like he missed a trick in, on a number of decisions. Yeah, and obviously hindsight's a fantastic thing, um, and we've seen I've seen some the post match interviews from him in the future, and he's made it clear that, look, these these decisions were wrong. And I think that echoes what we're saying. I, I think the subs were wrong. Um, they didn't they didn't change the game as what was needed. Um, I think what... I believe his thinking behind it was Tammy didn't get himself into the game. There's opportunities to play behind these guys. We need to move the ball quicker. So I think he wanted to bring more pace on top uh, at the 
top end of the of the pitch. Mm. Hence why he wanted to bring Werner and Tammy to play like these two strikers off mm. each other and make the runs in behind. But it didn't, I mean, Cho and Werner, but it didn't work. Um, now, because it didn't work, this is what resulted in this Cho sub. And I voiced my discontent about it straight away after the game and mm. my... Um, confusion with it because it was pure confusion it doesn't make any sense to me as to why you even if you made the wrong subs and even in the wrong positions why you couldn't possibly address that during the game um, mm-hmm. we've seen Tuchel before um, pull the players aside communicate with them and let them know what they're going wrong but I didn't see a sense of that throughout the game I just saw him venting his anger mm-hmm. uh, more at himself and more just stressing but however not actually communicate with the players I thought that was important like if Charles do something so wrong how about you pull him aside there's there there's mm-hmm. going to be multiple times within that game where the game would have stopped play and you could have easily yeah. spoken to him in addition to that he's on your side of the pitch which yeah. you made it clear was that maybe that was the reason why you're harsh but then that's also an advantage to communicate with him I don't feel that's any communications look Jamie Carragher made it clear um, when he did the analysis on whatever and he said, if you're going to call him out for the counts pressing, but then he's going to have completed the second most sprints in the team, that's contradicting you to what you said. So I think it was clear Tuchel made a mistake and um, he's made a mistake with the subs. Drew should have played, in my opinion, because he, Drew can, is the kind of player who can do nothing for a half and then bang a goal. Yeah. Um, I don't get that same vibe with Tammy. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that game was calling out for just a bit of a wonder strike again and us to just go away with 2-1 and just say we played shit and then move oh, on. No. But that didn't happen. And I think Tuchel made it clear. I, was just, I think it was his first mistake in management within us, but he's going to make a lot more and he owned up to it. So that's why I can I can be okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm fine yeah. knowing that he's held his hands up and said, look, it was wrong. And I think that's it, really. Yeah, it's, it's a refreshing it's a refreshing experience. You know what I mean? Like, for so long, we've got we've had managers where... They, they almost become devoid of um, responsibility when it comes to failings in a match. And there's failings that everyone could see. Um, I, I feel like after the game, pretty much I said, yeah, I, I didn't like that decision. I didn't like anything that he did. I think he got most of it wrong. Um, and it, it takes, a, it takes a, a manager confident within himself and confident within his, his, um, his ideals to actually own up and say, you know what? I messed up. I messed up. And you know he he said that after the Vettico game that he, he wasn't happy he wasn't pleased with his decision making and he was honest he, even with the Hudson Odoi thing he he was honest and said look I might have been really harsh because he was right in front of me um, but he'll have to watch it back again so that 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 air of refreshing honesty is something that won't go amiss for me um, it's something that I've always wanted in a manager. Um, so I, I definitely hear you, Andrew. I definitely hear you. And just to add, and just to add on that point, which I made clear, I made clear on Twitter as well, it's like it's like it's a it's a scary precedent to set because what he's doing by that, and maybe his apology kind of backs him up now, but what you're doing by that, you're trying to say now, if I see anyone else play poor for 25 minutes, are you pulling them? Because you now have to make that your baseline. And there are going to be players you're going to bring on a half time, and they're going to not. They're going to not counter press. There's going to be an opportunity there to counter. So if you don't pull them, what you say now it's like, oh, you did it for him. So it's just a scary president to set, and um, you you have to just make sure. Listen, it's, it's a quality here, and we know Cho's been hard done by before, and it's like you're going to pick that same player again and show this to be the example. So um, yeah, listen, it, it's it's it, it's. It, it's worrying, but as I said, I think his apology backs him up there. And I think that um, Bav, you you want to say something on this, isn't it? Yeah, um, I feel like not, not only was the sub um, a bit harsh, but I feel like I feel like he he he, he kind of re- recognized the mistake he made in himself mm. in terms of um, doing the split strikers thing again. Because personally, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. You know, having a mount and dropping in between. I've been playing on Werner and Odoya split strikers because we did it against Tottenham. And personally, I wasn't really a fan. I didn't really think it was that effective. And I feel like when he when he did it um, here again today, I just felt like it was a bit disjointed at times. Whereby like you have um, Mount drifting off a bit towards to the right with um, Cho and 
I'm, yeah. I'm just not I'm just not a fan of Cho and Reese on the same side because I feel like they're trying to do the same thing. I just don't think it works too well. I, I think you know what? I think in certain games, yeah, I think mm. in certain games it makes sense. Now mm. I don't think mm, I don't think in a in this three four three, I don't like it. I agree, I don't really like Hudson being on the same side as Reese James. Um, that's not because they can't connect, because they obviously can. But I feel like there, there needs to be a degree of different angles that definitely, they provide. Definitely. I, I don't think that they, they do. Cho comes inside, um, but he try and, he tends to create angles for people to come in on the overlap. Reese mm. doesn't really do that often enough. Um, he doesn't make that overlap and run often enough. Um, so, yeah, yeah. For me, me personally, I, I don't, I don't. I understand why you don't like it, but I saw why he went for it because of the, the you know, pace in transition. Mm. You know, what I mean, I, I get it. I do. Get it. Um, if I hop in real quick, I feel like I see similar parallels to like what Arteta was going through with Saka and Tierney on that side mm. at Arsenal. But like, I feel like it was, very, it was sometimes it was counterproductive. Like, like even if you watch like a Bayern Munich. They moved, they moved Sane back over to his favourite right wing over and play him on the left because I just feel like having those two players that want to do the exact same thing which is hit the byline I just feel like it's very very counterproductive in the way that we should be looking to play you know yeah. I feel like it, I feel like it's a bit reminiscent of um, old times so to say yeah. so what would you say so what would you say would you play Hudson Odoi in the left wing position yeah and 100%. move Timo up front or move Timo aside um, personally I'd play I'd probably play um, Giroud up top Hudson mm. left and probably Mount on the right. Yeah, because I I think it's very it'd be very harsh to drop Mount. I think mm. yeah, definitely, definitely. Mount's been one of our best players under Tuchel, obviously after Hudson Odoi and um, Kovacic. So I think it'd be I think Mount really pretty much should get in. Mm. Um, but speaking about contrasting performances, um, well, not really contrasting because once again we had control of the game, but a fantastic away win. In the Champions League against Atletico Madrid, a team that some might have thought they were the favourites to to lift the trophy come the end of the season. Come the end of the season, but um, boy, well that was a comprehensive win for me. I thought that was comfortable from start to finish. Now there was obviously moments of nerves with Edouard Mendy. He looked a bit shaky. He was first time at this level, obviously. Um, he looked a bit nervous, um, but. As for Laqueta, of course, I think he was really, really poor. And I didn't really think Georgina and Kovacic played too well. But despite all of that, we looked unbelievably comfortable. I don't recall Atletico creating much. I don't recall them having a real shot at goal that made me really nervous. Mm, it was a very interesting game. So um, let's start with you, Babs, because you were super concerned. I mean, you were very, very nervous before the game. And I had Tustos, yeah. He was shook. He no, was shook. The boys, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, what's going on here? Because I didn't understand what, what, why the fear. So could you, in fact, Babs, can you tell me why you were so fearful of Atletico Madrid? And what were your predictions? I don't know them to be fair. I can't even remember you saying that. But what did you predict? Mm. I can't lie, man. I was struggling through some PLSD, PLSD, fam. Pro Lampard stress disorder. <laughs> man, I can't lie. I was worried because I felt like. Whenever I watch Atletico Madrid this season, one of the most common things I've, I've recognised is their overlying power in their midfield and just like wide positions. And I felt knowing that Alonso was going to be playing, having a Marcus Llorente going up against him, I just thought that was going to be a recipe for disaster. You know, like I've I've always had worries about Christensen and Rudiger and like knowing that the kind of striker that Suarez is, his spatial awareness, the fact that he always somehow like gets to bounce the ball. I feel like that was just a recipe for disaster with those two. And I just wasn't confident, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even 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 with like the, the front line, you know, like I, I was scared because opening opening in the, the first half of the game, like, I didn't think Mount was amazing. I felt like he was good in all his own overall pieces of play as per usual, but like the final pass at times was a bit lacking, yeah. you know. And that that uh, seems to be a bit of an issue. From, that seems, season. That mm. seems to be a bit of an issue for for Mason Mount. If I'm honest, it's an issue. Um. I, but then again, I always think he's still only 21, 22. So yes, still, still young, I, yeah. you know, that that 
element of his game can develop, but what it is becoming a bit of a problem for me because there have been ample opportunities to release players and he makes the wrong decision. Um, but I can't take away from this before. I thought it was really good, despite the fact he was on, got a yellow card, really, really a harsh yellow card, really, really mm, early. very early on as well. That put him out of the second leg. Um, I, I feel like he performed really, relatively well. I, I did get a lot of nightmare moments where I felt that like he was going to clatter into somebody, like just yeah. high energy play. But I felt like he had a he had a really good game. I thought he had a really mm. good game. What well, well, I think I have to definitely say is the second half was very, very mature. The yeah. way we are, like, he, he, you know, he was very reserved in, in, his, in his tackling and his pressing, but he still was effective. You know, he yeah. didn't go flying into any tackles, and it felt like a very mature, like a Bobby's age kind of performance. And I feel like that, that's just the best way to, to sum up that performance. You know, we didn't really have to do anything too crazy, half the ball. Was, you know, like Jorginho, Jorginho in the first half was worrying because, like, there were moments where, like, we had Cho like making darting runs, like, oh. just stretching play, and he just was not finding him. Oh. And I watched it back. I watched it back because I remember in the group chat you said it eight times, and I looked, and I, and I was just looking, I was just looking at it, like every single time Cho made a run to stretch play. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more with the Credit Karma Money Spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. This was to be found. You know what? I'll jump in on that. I, a lot of the times, and I said this on Discord as well, I think they saw it. I think they saw it. I'm not even going to say they didn't see it. Mm. They saw it, but they didn't back themselves. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the time in this game, yeah, all the centre mids, actually all the midfield, and um, yes, two centre mids, and Aspie did not have their balls throughout the game. They yeah. could not find mm. it. Because a lot of the time, they'll see it, but then turn. Inside yeah. and then not play the ball. Cho made these darting runs, multiple times. Aspies was even worse because Aspie, I felt like he had some. I felt like he, I, I don't know, maybe he needed physio or something. The guy was so stiff, but he would get the ball and he would not look over his shoulder because he would get it from the centre mid. He's playing yeah. right centre back, isn't he? So mm. the ball would typically come from Jorginho or Kovacic from the left hand side. He would get it and he would not even try to look over the right hand side where Cho was. I don't know if Cho's not shouting. I don't know if yeah. he's not screaming. I, I would think that's not true. But you know he's there anyway. Has some positional awareness. Awareness of the pitch. He, but it's he was really bad. It was look, really it bad. Looked, it was, it was a really, really telling game from Aspie in terms of, like, showed his age. And he really stood out as being poor, I thought, that game. And, yeah. Sadly I, I feel, I just feel like my, my overwhelming feeling in that half, in that game, particularly in the first half, was just cowardice. I saw coward play, cowardly play from Jorginho all the time. Cowardly play from Kovacic all the time. Cowardly play from Aspie all the time. Alonso, I mean, he was relatively sloppy, but you get that with Alonso. It's something that you get with him. I, I, obviously, I don't want him to play. I don't want him to start for Chelsea, but... It's something that you get. You're going to get a, a degree of sloppiness from him in general and just like carelessness. But those Jorginho, um, Kovacic and, um, and Aspie, I think Kovacic more, more, more so disappointed me the most because I felt he turned over a new leaf uh, under Tuchel. But maybe his job wasn't necessarily to be trying those dangerous cutting passes. Um, but I think he did more so, he did that more so in the second half. But first half, it's just, he was showing away. He was doing these one, two yard passes again that you see between him and Georgina. That makes me sick because it goes nowhere. What are you doing? Like, we're well, not even opening up angles to nobody. They're just pointless. 
Um, Jorginho just kept shying away from that pass to Hudson all the time. Hudson made about, like, I remember in the first 20, 15, 20 minutes, Hudson made at least four darts. Was going on unmuted. Like, it was going un, un, like, unchecked. Every single time, it was just perfect. It was perfect for me. And I, But at the same time, like I said, you look at you look at the result and you look at the performance. Atletico didn't really have any threats. They tried to break on us in transition, but we managed them perfectly. Um, I don't know, man. I I I I wasn't worried at all. I wasn't worried at all. I, I think usually before Champions League games, um, when you have what concerns me in in in, in I guess the Champions League games is the um, the uncertainty of how our team's gonna turn up. But because I've seen how Tuchel lines up, I've seen how, you know, we've performed over the last six or seven games. I thought to myself, yeah, I'm quite comfortable with this. I'm comfortable. I've been watching Letty for the last couple of weeks as well. And I just had a feeling that, yeah, we'll be all right. We'll be all right, man. Because say that. What was that? Yeah, sorry. I will say, though, they did make it very easy. It's a real one. They did make it very easy for us in the fact that they, these, this team did just sit back mm. um, and not even attempt to play this game. That yeah, was a well, point that's why I wasn't was concerned. A meme or whatever that it showed eight players were lined up at the back. It wasn't even a back six, it was like a back eight. So these guys, they listen, they didn't put pressure on us and it's poor. it was really poor, poor, poor from them. And I think it's um, a testament to how poor La Liga is right now, um, mm. I think. And, but that's why I wasn't concerned in the first place. Yeah, that's why I wasn't concerned in the first place. Yeah. I knew exactly how they set up. I knew how they set up. I knew how they play. I said that they're only going to have one counter threat, which is um, Jao Felix. And honestly, I didn't. wasn't really concerned. Brother so, Means, could, could you could you repeat that name again, please? Oh, Jao ja, ja Felix, the one. That oh, I, I didn't. I didn't see him. Uh, is that is that another youngster that fell to Mason Mount test? Is that what Boy, you're telling me, bro? Mason Mount has put too many of these YGs in a spliff. I'm sorry. You put too many of these YGs in a spliff, these so-called next best player in the world. Um, he's put too many of them in a spliff. I think all that's left is Mbappe and Erling Haaland. I think the rest, if you got if you got if you found a Mason Mount test, yeah, and he outperforms you on a pitch where you have been supposedly told to be one of the best up-and-coming things, then boy, you know, we don't rate Mason like that. We think Mason's a good player. We don't think he's one of the world's best, but I'm saying if you fail into outshine Mason, then boy. You might need to dial it down a little bit. Those ratings might need to be dialed down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? The only thing he tried to do was that that bicycle kick. Yeah. Jude was like, hold my beard, bruv. And someone so, so was like, hold my beard. And, and, so, and someone basically just said, you know what? Yeah, I see your little cute attempt. It was all right. But, you know, you, you ballooned it like 50 yards over the bar. And Jerude did what Jerude does. And I, I've always said, like, Obviously, Giroud, for me, has gone up in my estimation uh, at, at Chelsea, for sure. Um, but if there's one thing about Giroud that's crazy, is his catalogue of goals. If you look at the guy's goals and the style, type of goals that he scored, you'd think that this guy's an absolute madman. Like, if, if in 50 years you go back and look at Giroud's goals, you would have been thinking, this, is guy, this guy's one of the most elite strikers in world football because the quality of his goals Unbelievable. So he, obviously he's got what six in six games in the Champions League this season. Second, second top scorer, I believe. Second top goal scorer in the in, in the CL at the minute. I'm two behind Erling Haaland. But he he's, uh, sometimes you, he frustrates. Giroud does frustrate, and sometimes he's not really involved in the game. But when you've got the quality to do to do that, and it's almost ridiculous that we're talking about Giroud at 34 years of age, but. He, he's he's our best. He looks like he's our best striker, and obviously, the the jury's still out on um, Timo Werner. But yeah, Oli Giroud, man, I, I think he's been he's held himself so well, like as a pro, like he he's proper conducted himself in a in a good manner, even despite the fact that he wasn't playing. Um, I think he deserves tremendous credit, man, because he, he's he's done an amazing amazing job at Chelsea, and I, I think. It's hard to hard to. It it it'd be a good situation if we kept him on because he he seems like he's a guy that kind of understands his position, but also is going to fight for the club. So, um, what, what were you guys' thoughts on the, not just the goal but Giroud in general? 
man, I've got I've got to say that he's he's edging slowly but surely into that excellent servant for the club mm. kind of role. You know, like he, he's always been there as a backup when you need him. He's always been dependable. From his goal against, I'll never forget his goal against Southampton in the FA Cup. Amazing, oh, yeah. amazing, amazing goal. You know, his goal in the Europa against his ex team to put them in the put them in a spliff. Amazing, and I just feel like. He, I feel like there's, there's a real connection that he has to the club now because he, he was he was well within his rights to leave last January. Yeah. You know, he was well within the rights, but he said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around, I'm gonna help the guys get top four, and he did it. And let's just hope that he can go on to do some more stuff this season, you know, because well, we still in the FA Cup, we still in the Champions League, so you know, maybe he could add some extra silverware. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, look, the, the first, the first, the last time, in fact, that we went through a group stage undefeated, we won the Champions League. I mean, I'm not saying that it's possible. I'm not saying that we're going to do it, but I'm just saying that don't forget, football's a funny old game. And obviously, we had this, uh, a change of manager in during the season, who for me is better than the last by a million miles. So I think the possible's there, bro. The possibilities are there. I mean, I don't really look at anyone in the Champions League bar Bayern that really scares me. PSG, yeah. Like yeah, like Bayern and PSG. I, I, I can't lie because of that Mbappe threat. I feel like it's that. I feel that's like a massive threat. That, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure we're ready for that yet. When, when you've got star quality like that, yeah, mm. no problem. But, but other than that, yeah. Who who else are you looking at? Man City, of course. Yeah, Man City. Yeah, Man, yeah, Man City. Yeah. Yeah, Man City. Um, Liverpool. But, yeah. I don't know. We're going to play Liverpool in a couple of weeks. So mm. we'll see what the acid... That's going to be the acid test. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one, man. It's going to be an interesting one. But I guess an impressive win. I think that one, again, we didn't play particularly well, but we still controlled and dominated the game. Jorginho wasn't good. Um, you know, Aspie wasn't good. Alonso it's remember, it's an away win, though. An away 1-0. It's just so it's just like thinking about it. put that all into context. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great result, a great result, and I don't think anyone can really anyone can really complain, um, you know. But now the focus shifts again back to the Premier League. Boy, big game, big game this weekend against Manchester United. Our ops, you know, the ones that stay posted on our, on our lives on the Discord. Mario, we're, we're coming for you, bro, but. It's, it's, a, it's a sticky one. It's a big game. It's a big game. And I, I don't remember the feeling to, to beat Manchester United in the league game. It's been a little minute, man. So how are you guys setting up for that game? Um, yeah, listen, I think with, well, first of all, Tuchel's passed that first test. That was our first big test at Atletico. So automatically, I have faith, man. I think we set up, I think Drew has to start. I think we set up, um, I actually, I've always said this. I prefer, I think I'd prefer Chilwa on the left left wing back, um, and then keep the keep the back three as it was. If Thiago Silva's fit, I would like Thiago Silva in the middle of the back three um, on either side. <sighs> Rudy and Aspie, even though Aspie had, they had a poor game, but Rudy and Aspie. I like Cho wing back. Um, I know a few of you guys have been against that or seen better, but I think he's been superb there. I think it makes simplifies his game, gives him less things, to, less things to maybe think about and more to just specialize in, in terms of touch that touch line and then just beat the man and get that ball in. Do you know what I mean? And I feel he's yeah. so good at that. His post moves are so superb at that. Um, if he needs to cut in, he can and play the one twos with Mount. He has that connection, and then I think we keep it. Um, Jorginho and Kante, even though I think they had a poor game, I think they've had a good Premier League season under Tuchel. So I don't see why that needs to be changed now. You mean Jorginho uh, and Kovacic? I think so, yeah. And the reason I'm saying that, I'm just based on their Premier League games so far. You said Jorginho and, Co- and Kante. That's why I was like, oh, do you mean Jorginho? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Let's go Jorginho and Kovacic. Sorry, forgive me. I think I would love... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Kante fan, but... I just think let's just give them um, the start just because of how good they've been in the Prem. And then up top, yeah, I said Giroud already. And then uh, Mount and... Oh, it's a tough one here. Uh, yeah, I say we keep it Mount and... I would love to see Havertz. I would love to see him. But I don't think we're going to. 
I don't think we've got it, sadly. I, I think Havertz, it might, it might be a game too soon, I guess. Yeah. It's a big game to throw him into. I think Havertz was probably going to start in the second leg against Atletico because you've got a lot of suspensions. And he played well. We didn't mention that. I felt he played well. I felt he gave us those killer balls that the other players couldn't do. But yeah. I think in the term games, it won't be as easy. It'll be more under high pressure. So oh. I think I think Manu aren't, aren't looking that great now. They're, they're not. Um... And we look so compact at the back. I think um, these guys, they're not firing. They just drew what nil-nil against Los Sociedad. Yeah, man, man mm-hmm. their second team. But listen, we can do it. Um, forms are up. Um, Drew can bang a goal whenever he wants. And we just got to hope that we, we keep it tight at the back. Yeah. We'll see. What do you think, Babs? Oh, personally, I think this is, the, this is the kind of game where you've got to throw a span in the works. Because I know Oli, and I know he, he he watches us sometimes, and he and he tries to match the three at the back. So I'm not saying change it, but I'm saying maybe avoid playing true right wing back simply because Luke Shaw this season has been amazing. Him and him and Rashford left. I think that's going to be a bit too much for Cho to deal with defensively. And if you yeah. want to, and if we want to enjoy Cho's um, attacking output, I feel like it's a bit too um, risky in terms of penning him back to play him there. So what I'd do is I'd go Mendy in goal. I'd have Rudiger unfortunately at left centre back. Thiago, if he's fit in the middle, and then I have to play Aspie um, at right centre back. But then I have to go with Reese, right wing back, left wing back. Oh, it's a tough one because at, at this position, um, I'd love to say Chilwell, but if I'm being totally honest, I, I just know that Alonso is going to be playing. You know, I, it seems as though we, we've been we were calling him Cho two shows boy, but it looks like Alonso is two shows boy as well. So yeah. it may just be Alonso there, and um, if we're in the midfield too, um, I feel like I don't feel like this is the kind of game for Jorginho. You know, because I know I know that United are like I don't, I don't really rate them in midfield, but I feel like if we want to, we could we could risk it and go on Mount and Kante, but I don't see that happening. So what I what I want to see would be a Mount and Kante, but what I think will happen is a Cove and Jorginho. You know, so I'm going to go with like a Mount and Kante back there. Yeah, because what what we have to acknowledge with United is they have like a very very high tempo midfield, like they're very very energetic. You know, Bruno loves to run around, Fred loves to run around, kick shins. And I feel like that's the kind of game where Jorginho sometimes gets a bit run over. Yeah. Um, in be- be- behind the strikers, so I mean, sorry, behind Giroud. Apologies, Giroud, because he's a striker right now. You know, he, he he's the captain of this ship. Behind yeah. Giroud, I'd go um, Cho on the left, and I'd risk it and play Ziyech on the right. And I yeah. feel that's going to be a very, very, um, a very, very weird shot considering what I've said about Ziyech. But I feel like when Ziyech came in against Atletico Madrid. Although he wasn't amazed, I did feel like he offered a bit. He offered a bit more in terms of going forward with like the through balls. He popped over Tatima for his one v one. You know, he, he was looking. He was looking a bit more unconfident. He was looking a bit more like a bit more hungry. He looked a bit more like, like himself. He looked a bit yeah. more like himself. And and he was hungry. taking loads of risks. Loads of risks. Yeah. And I feel like this is the kind of game where speed six points behind United. We need to cut the. We need to cut, cut the gap down um, to create these chances. I feel like this is going to be pivotal. Yeah, the problem is, I'm sorry, I forgot to add uh, my player I would have behind Drew, next amount and behind Drew would be Werner. Um, and hopefully he just finds his shooting boots. But, but. but my, my thing with Werner is like, so you're saying against, you're not playing, against, you're not playing yeah, him? Yeah, I'm not, no, no, yeah, I'm not playing him. Because yeah, my thing with Werner is against a one Bissaka, I, I don't think he's going to have much joy. Well, he won't be out there. Well, I don't think he'll be out there that much, though. Surely mm. that would be this. I don't know, because I, I saw the heat map, you know, like it's, it's not too different from other Lampard. So, like, I do feel if we want someone to play from the left and, and create chances from the left, I feel like that would be a lot better off of having Choder. Mm. So if I'm, yeah, so as I said earlier with the Mount mid- midfield, sorry, um, if Mount wasn't to play in midfield too, I'd have to play him and Mount because I feel like him and Mount have always had an excellent collection from the, from excellent connection from the academy days. And we've seen that at senior level, like they're, they're very, very well connected, connected in terms of like their play. And I feel like they're actually a very, very good two going forward. You know, Mount's very high octane. We're going to need that energy to press the United. Because Maguire is very, very, he's there to be got on that, you know. And I feel like having a mount there, he may be the one. But if Mount, so yeah, if Mount's not playing the midfield two, I'm going to have to play Mount over ZH. Okay. I think Mount's got to be there, to be honest. I think mm. he, I don't think we're going to see that change in terms of typical mm. playing Mount there. Um, but yeah, you're right. It does scare me. I, I, I know in my selection, I did say Jorginho Kovacic just because of the, um, on merit in the Prem. But it does scare me um, in the pace and the intensity that I bring. Kante probably could be a lot better, but yeah. it's been working, I, I guess. I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like how um, I definitely would play three at the back. Um, 
Oh, he's not changing that. I definitely understand. I understand. Uh, yeah, I, I understand um, Babs's view about Reese James. And Marsh, you may, you may lose a lot in terms of defensive, I mean, offensive prowess, but defensively, you're going to get a lot. So I definitely agree. I'd probably say Babs' team, I, I agree with. Obviously, not Mason Mount in midfield. I'd probably have him behind a striker. But um, yeah, well, give me one second, boys. Let me just pause this. Yeah. So, yeah, when it comes to the United team, I do I do agree that Oli's probably going to try and match us and probably play three, probably five, three, two. But because they've got no Pogba, I'm slightly more confident that we'll win that midfield battle. It's just, we're, we're at home, right? Yeah, we're at home, yeah. So yeah, right. Pogba's, so out, Pogba's that- out, um, McTominay's out, and Van der Beek is out. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if we don't win the game. Mm. I'd be very, very disappointed. But, you know, it's the Premier League, anything can happen. So it's just one of them things. I feel like it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough, tough game because they're not going to give us any space to operate. That's why I think Giroud has to start, to be honest. And Giroud, I, I back Giroud to get his... You know, physically dominate uh, Maguire. That match against Maguire, yep. We're going to be key, yeah. man. Yeah, so it's, key. It's, it's a mad one. And obviously, we've got a, a tough set of tough set of fixtures after this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, after this game, I think we've got... Well, have we got Liverpool? I think yep. we've got Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool then Everton. We've got Leeds. Liverpool. Okay, so our next one of fixtures are obviously Manchester United this Sunday. And we've got Liverpool on the Thursday next week. Yep. And then we've got Everton on the Monday. And then we've got Leeds. And then we've got Atletico again for the second leg. So big, big, big four games ahead of mm. us. And then obviously you've got the, the big fifth game against Atletico. So it's looking crazy. It's looking very, very crazy. And it yeah. doesn't it doesn't stop from there. So in terms of getting that top four, these next three get four games are, are critical. Pivotal. Yeah, absolutely critical because obviously we're three points ahead of Liverpool. So if we beat United, then beat Liverpool, well, that's six points. You know what I mean? At very at the very least, we're we're above Liverpool, and that kind of gives us a nice little buffer going up into the next um, run of fixtures. And you've got Everton who are in and around the top four battle. You've got Leeds who are in very very good form actually. Yeah, yeah, they're the um, mid-table now. Yeah, very strong, very strong um, at home. So. It's looking very, very sticky, man. Looking very, very sticky. We're gonna to need to manage this situation very, very well. But I trust Tuchel to to kind of navigate that. Um, but yeah, Babs, I guess we're we're doing the pre-match pre-match game, a pre-match uh, clash mm. between the Mugga Mafia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk talk to us about it. Yeah. So lads, I know this is a podcast tonight, but if you want that extra content, head over to the Touchline Frackers on YouTube page at eight pm. We're going to be getting into the game. We're going to be getting into the where the main is going to be lost and won. You know, the key battles, the key players, the opposition players we feel are like underrated and overrated. And one of the most important things in my eyes is the combined 11. Combined 11 is where we're going to try and win. You know, we're going to try and get our boys repping us. This so, guy yeah, said, head, head try, down. Bro, try it. You have to. Yeah, don't worry, man. You can trust me, man. You can trust me. So, 8 p.m., the <laughs> Touchline, the Touchline Frackers YouTube page. Head on there, subscribe, and we'll see you there. Bam. So I think I guess we can now move on to some listeners' questions. Um, Babs, I think you've got the list, bro. Um, yeah. yeah so again, you know, shout out to the Discord community. It's bubbling. We've got one thousand, what, one thousand four hundred people in there. You know, it's popping. You know, the space bit, is, man. yeah, man. The spaces for football. You know, basketball, NFL, any sport, man. Even even e frackers. You know, are in our e gaming. You know, head over there. There's yeah, definitely someone for you there. Like, if you want to get some bows in on your opponents. <laughs> head on down, head on down, man, head on down. But yeah, get into, get into listeners' questions. So, um, first one from Brother TK. Um, he wants to find out our thoughts on the news around Tammy. So, um, recently there's been um some reports coming out that Tammy's not actually interested in um resigning a contract with um the potential of um a, a certain striker, you know, being mm. being interested. Let's not talk too much. Let's let's not talk too much. Let's let's focus on the question about talk brother Mees. What, what what do you think about the news? Surrounding Tammy. Um, I, I kind of sent out a tweet about this this, this morning. Um, obviously, Tammy, I don't think Tammy's going to sign a new deal, and I, I wouldn't blame him, to be honest. Obviously, if you're looking at Chelsea, looking to get Highland, we've already got Timo Werner. 
and you probably would assume that Oli Giroud is a bit ahead of him in now in the pecking order. Um, he's got a year and a bit left in his di- on his deal. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And I, I think, honestly, it's better for him to move away from Chelsea, um, get his stock up, learn his trade, because there's still so much to learn from him. I think he's still such a raw player. Um, yeah, he's still such a raw player. And I, I feel like he needs time away from the club to develop. He's still, what, only 22, 23 um, yeah, I think I think his time maybe at Chelsea may come or maybe not, but I just feel like for him, for his sake, and probably for the better of, of Chelsea, he, he needs to go, needs to move on because um, obviously if you get Haaland, if you've got an opportunity to sign Haaland, who's one of the best strikers in world football, let alone his age, um, you take it. I feel like that's a, that's some very eloquent answers per usual from you, Mies. But I've got to ask you a subsequent question. What? So um. Could you consider his age and his profile, his record of goals? What do you think would be the fee that we could accumulate for uh, Tammy Abraham? Oh, so English striker, so you're going to get English tax. He scores enough goals to get an added top up on that. 23, England international. I mean, how much did Dominic Solanke go for? 20, 20 mil, yeah, 20 mil. Yeah, Bruce Dorff for 25. Bruce for 25. Um, who else is quite expensive? Yeah, I, I'd probably say you're about look about 40 mil, especially he's on the final year of his deal as well. About 40 mil, 35 to 40 mil. Pushing down, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, 35 to 40 mil. Obviously, if he had longer term on, on, his, on his contract, it'd probably be way more. But yeah, 35 mm. 40 mil. I don't think that's beyond Chelsea, especially we're good at extracting fees from people from that, you know what I mean? So. 35, 40, I think we could, they could do it. Definitely. Brother Ali, what, what do you think about the news? How, how are you feeling? You know what? I really... He's not, he's not seeing that pitch every game. Um, player his age, hitting his peak. He's, he's probably seen his age mates doing better. And you want to be starting for a team. But I sadly don't think it's going to be at Chelsea. I think obviously it's gonna make it'll be a hard decision for him. Um we know it, we know he's a common boy, we know he loves the club, but I think ultimately he's got to think about his own future and he's got to think about whether he wants to continue being backup. And if and if this new striker does come in, that's backup backup. Or do you kind of wanna just try and give it a go? Probably at either internationally, um, in Europe, etc., or at a lower end Premier League team. He probably could excel. Um, I just don't think Tammy is sadly that level of top four, top six. And it's no disrespect, like that's the elite. He just isn't there yet. Mm. Um, with that change, I don't know. Time will tell. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, he's got he's got to look out for himself. And hopefully both parties can work it out. Good a lovely succulent transfer fee, and we get the ball rolling. Yeah, well, personally, you know what? I feel like I've got I've got to respect him highly because I feel like he's he's done the smart option in terms of um not resigning the contract. You know, first of all, when he came back the season under Lampard, he didn't resign the contract. You know, Timo came in again, he didn't resign the contract. You know, he, he's he's actually what he's done is he's he's held his value in his own hands. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to compare it to other players who have signed contracts, but I feel like by not signing it, he's had that he's had that power move whereby he can say. Like you've got to play me, otherwise I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm I'm, I'm out the door, you know. And I've got to respect that, you know. I don't feel like he's the level yet to be a top four striker, a top six striker, even a top eight maybe. But I do feel like if he is to fill out a bit more, you know, learn the game, I feel like he could get there maybe one day. But I feel like to do that, he needs to be the starting striker somewhere else. So maybe his yeah. agent's hush puppy or something. Oh, this. I, this, I, this. I, I do. I, I do feel like with um. With Tammy, I feel like in order for him to improve, he needs games. Definitely. And I don't feel like I don't feel like he's gonna get that the adequate level of games to improve mm. enough at Chelsea, especially when Chelsea are trying to be fighting for titles. Exactly. I don't think he's exactly. at that level. So I, I no time for Yeah, so there needs to be a, a, a I guess he, he needs to move on, apply his trade, improve himself, and obviously if he if he's to return to that level. To return to that level, say, say for example, like a follow a uh, Romelu Lukaku's um, kind of journey, for example, where he went down to Everton, played well, moved on to Manchester United, didn't play too well, 
moved to um, into Milan on an international stage, and now he's looking at one of the finest strikers in Europe. So it's all about the decision making. And I thought that he's kind of planning things relatively well, and I I, I definitely agree yeah. that he's taking a smart a smart approach to um, I guess this tra- this this transfer um, or the, his contract situation. So yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, but yeah, I hope that kind of answers the question anyway. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we covered that section very, very well. And then the next question, one of my favorite questions personally is um so um which star boy is next in line to be humbled by Money Mace? Mm, I'll, I'll leave that I'll leave that up to the floor. I'll leave that up to the floor. It depends on who we draw, man. But yeah, you need to bring up I mean, brother, I mean I don't think, I don't think, I, don't think I don't think a draw matters because um Sunday's around the corner and you know there's a there's another perceived star boy local. Boy, that stuck the boy. That Mason, that that other Mason, that other Mason struggling quite an awful bit this season. So we ain't gonna talk too much about him. But boy, it, it Mason Mount to be fun. Funny enough, when he comes up against these teams, or comes up against these other players that are held in high esteem, he doesn't really look out of place. To be honest, he doesn't look out of place and doesn't look out of sorts. So we have to wait and see, man. We have to wait and see. I, I, it's going to be an interesting game, bro. It's going to be an interesting game. And uh, I, I'd probably bet on group like Mason Mount to have a bigger impact than Greenwood. But you never know. Greenwood has got that hammer left foot, that hammer right foot. So the potential's there to cause havoc. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Last but not least, the last question is um from Rohan from Twitter. He asks, why is Tuchel constantly playing Alonso 19 minutes game in, game out? When he doesn't score, he's our worst player on the pitch, oh. and all our attackers down the left break down at his feet. Well, that question. Yeah, well, he d- scored in his first game, so um, it kind of eliminates that that part of the question. But I think it's clear he just trusts him. He just trusts him in that position, and he's given Chilwell starts a left wing back, and Chilwell sadly hasn't taken them. He when mm-hmm. Chilwell played, he, he got pulled a couple times. Didn't play that good. I think it's just a case of Alonso is a specialist left wing back. There's mm. just no other. There's no other discussion points. He's a specialist left wing back, but the, obviously the scary factor of it is that the guy can't move. The guy's rotation pace or rotation speed is terrible, um, and he always finds himself inside the box or at the right wing. And then they will have the ball. And it's like, well, how do you get there? So his positional, he gets excited, we know, but you also got to think about what he can do with the other side. Uh, the other side. He's a tall player. Tuchel's made it clear that he loves him in the air, um, that he's more of an aerial threat offensively and defensively. And he's probably one of our best strikers of the ball in the, weird, in the weirdest way. Uh, he can strike a ball and get a goal from out of nowhere. I, and I guess it's just a case where it's just player trust here. I think there's no two ways about it. Um, until we see a huge error from Alonso, I think he's going to be starting left wing back for the foreseeable future. Um, I hope that huge error isn't sooner rather than later, but that's that's it there. Brother Mies, what, what do you think? Um, no, I, I agree. I think it's just that he just favours him over Chua at the minute and Chua hasn't really been pulling up trees since he's been here. I mean, he had a first couple of of first month or so he looked really decent but beyond that yeah I, I, don't, I just don't feel like I, I feel like Alonso's probably your only stable choice Emerson's good but I, well he's alright but Emerson going forward isn't as productive um, although he looks better and is a lot technically better I feel like Alonso gives you that goal threat but then defensively he's probably a suspect um, well maybe le- a slightly better defensively than Alonso, but I don't think he gives you the upside as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I, I feel like, you know, unfortunately for Chilwell, he's going to have to prove himself all over again, you know, whereas he had a big backer in Lampard before. But, yeah, it's one of the... I would, like to add, though, I would like to add, I do think it's slightly harsh on Chilwell, and I think that in the long term, Chilwell will be a better player there. Um, Chilwell hasn't played left wing back in his career. I don't think he's played... I don't think he played it at Leicester I don't think he's played it before so that you're bringing a new position you're, you're, you're basically teaching someone a new position it's going to take time for him to to get better at it so I think it's also harsh with judging Chilwell so quickly in a new position and I do feel over the time and I, 
I believe Tuchel is so good when it comes to personal management. I get that impression anyway. Mm -hmm. I would have communicated to him probably a case of, look, learn from Alonso now, see what he's doing. So when it's your time, you're going to come in there. Because there's no way he can see Alonso as a long-term left wing back for this team. There's no way. Um, so I do think it's a temporary fix. And I do think when Chilwell maybe gets his head around it, learns maybe he's seen some, maybe in training, he's not cut doing the basic things that Tuchel requires. Um, I, I do think it will change. And I do think uh, Chilwell will be our main mm. left wing back or left back. Well, mm. we're going to leave it there. Um, thank you guys for joining me on this one. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. I think after the Liverpool game, really. So we could be off of two big wins. And by the time that or two big losses, you never know. You just gotta keep it, you just gotta keep it real, man. You never know, man. We'll have to see. But no, I appreciate you guys for joining me. Um, take it easy, everyone. Love yeah. peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.